Preparing your show for podcast advertising? Creating an app for your podcast just got easier. And then we got another audio comment via Voxer. Well, thank you for joining us on the Speaker Live Show. This is episode 132 on October 25th, 2017. I appreciate it. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I am the head of partnerships at Spreaker and Block Talk Radio. And thanks for downloading us and just clicking play to hear us today. I am joined again by my famous and wild and crazy co-host, Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience podcast on Spreaker. Alex, welcome to the program again, calling us from Southern California. Famous, I like that, Rob, and wild and crazy. So you can wild be and crazy. my uh, you can be my hype man all the time. I like that. I've had a couple of listeners m- make a comment that uh, Alex is the wild and crazy one, and I'm the kind of the sedate, kind of calm character on the program. So it's a, and it's funny. It, I, I you know it's I don't, an interesting I don't dynamic that, here. No, I know. I'm always I know. so calm, Rob. I, I know. well, <laughs> most of the really? time you actually right. are, but there are moments of excitement that come into your they, voice. You should see my personal life now. But, or uh, yeah, frustration. No, I, like, <laughs> I like the uh, I like the moniker. Thank you for that intro. It's great to have you back on the show. Um, we stream this show live every Wednesday. 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. So you can get us there anytime. Uh, we also have our own apps on iOS and Android. That's uh, part of the Spreaker um, custom apps program. So those are example apps for what we can do for you. And uh, actually, we're going to talk a little bit about how we've improved the process of creating a custom app on the Spreaker platform. Make it a lot easier, quicker, Get in and out there, get it done. So we'll talk about it a little bit more a little bit later. But the big focus of the show this week is uh, we wanted to cover some concepts, and I think maybe we've kind of gone around this topic a little bit. But I, what I wanted to do, I'm thinking in a past episode, but what I wanted to do is really focus in on this particular topic, which is as a podcaster, when you start a show, and we've talked about this on the program too, of, you know, at the beginning, you want to have like a goal setting process. You want to get into what you want to have with your show, how you want to produce it, what your goals are. What kind of direction? How do you do you want to monetize? Do you want to just use it to support an existing business that you have and that you don't really need to monetize or worry about advertising? But let's say you do have a goal of wanting to have advertising in your show and you want to make money from this. And you want to build a big show. And what are some things that you need to think about in preparing your show to uh, have podcast advertising? And when should you get started? All these kinds of things. And I think what's coming out right now is, is, you know, I think a lot of people have been, and Alex, you can jump in on this too, have been cautioned about getting into advertising with their show and thinking about advertising too early in their show, if that's their goal. I, I think there's some contrary thinking that's starting to come out now about doing that, about maybe thinking about advertising right from the start of your new show or your podcast, if it is a goal for you to have advertising. Because what we're seeing happen in the market is that uh, we're seeing greater opportunity for advertising in podcasts um, in the future um, at all levels of podcasts. And the best thing for you to do, and it's just like a skill of anything else that you learn, is how to have advertising in your podcasts and how to do it. It's a skill that you need to de- develop by actually doing ads. So when that big CPM campaign um, actually is available to you at some point, maybe you've built your show up to 5,000 listeners or whatever that threshold is, um, are you ready to make that jump? Is your audience ready to make that jump? 
And I think that there's these peripheral things that I, I think we need to think about. And we'll run through a list of things that you can do. But Alex, before we get into that more detailed list, what's your kind of bigger thoughts on this? Is, do you think it's a good idea to, to, as a host, to develop your skills and to be prepared to have advertising from your first episode? Yeah, I think you're talking about primarily for show reads, and that's a skill unto itself I've learned by doing show reads. But Mm -hmm. to the bigger picture you were saying, should you think about or start advertising, you know, straight from scratch from the very beginning, whichever way that is, if it's an affiliate, you know, just a link. Yeah. You know, in the show and you just mentioned, hey, check it out or you're doing promo codes, which I'll get into maybe if you let me, Rob, which I love. I always talk about that about products and services I'm already using. But to do a proper excuse me, popping there show read to do a proper show read um, takes a little bit of skill. And I think it can turn off some listeners if it's poorly done. Um, If you just kind of wing it. Yeah. And you don't know what you're doing. Um, and some people will try and stack them. You know, and mm-hmm. I've heard this, you know, recently where people yeah. will do one or two multiple show reads back to back. The skillful people, and I've heard them do it very well. Ben Shapiro, I think his podcast is a good example. He'll start off with, you know, maybe the, the meat of it or something to entice you to listen to the podcast. Then say, hey, by the way, listen to our great sponsor. And he'll do a great show read, but it's quick to the point and he moves on. We all know it's pretty easy if you want to, to for, you know, fast forward and get through that if you need to on mm-hmm. a podcast. We know how that yeah. to skip through. So, but what I'm getting at is you have to, what's the point if nobody's listening? So if you do a poor show read, people are probably going to skip through if it's too long. If it's right at the top, they might skip it. You got if They might not hear it if it's at the bottom, right? So yeah. it, there's a whole skill to that, Rob. Um, that's why, and I'll, well, I'll stop for a minute here, but that's why I like promo codes. And we can talk about that a little bit later. What the big picture is here is is that there's kind of two parts to this. There's you as the host having the proper skills, and you've had some experience at doing this. You've created a little bit of a track record for yourself. You, you actually have some host reads that you can have in your stockpile of, of past things that you've done that you can share with a future advertiser. And then it, there's the other part of it, too, of getting your audience accustomed to having a sponsor read or a host read in your show from day one, because one of the the challenges that I think some shows have is that they'll they'll launch and they'll they'll not have any ads in their program for you know the first year or something like that or the first fifty episodes, and then all of a sudden, pow, you start adding ads. It's very disruptive to your audience, and it may be something that that um, pushes people away because they get turned off because they got used to having your show be without ads. So to make it a jarring transition uh, can be a challenge for some podcasters. And a lot of podcasters, I don't think, think about that. Um, that it might be easier to just go in and get an affiliate program from Amazon or Commission Junction and find a product that you have passion about that you can even make a little tiny commission on. Or maybe you're not going to make any money at it all, but what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for success down the line. You're, you're conditioning your audience to get something um, that will be there um, in the long run. It's not going to be a jarring transition for the audience to start accepting the ads. And then over time, you're going to develop those muscles that you need to, to exercise via practice of how to actually do a host read and how to actually deliver an advertising message. And then over time, you'll start picking up more and more success with the affiliate programs and then stockpile those host reads in clips and create like a demo reel that you can share 
with uh, a potential advertiser. So let's say you get in with an ad group or ad buying group and Spreaker's heading in this direction as well, of being able to share what you've done in the past. Because a lot of times the advertiser will say, is there advertising in this show already? And they like to advertise in shows that are already doing advertising in their shows. That's their preference because then they know that the host has a track record and there's examples and they can actually see up front what you're capable of doing, uh, how creative the ad read is. Um, and so they, it's building confidence. It's building confidence in the advertiser. It's building confidence as you as a host that you can actually deliver on this stuff. Because once you get into a CPM campaign, uh, it you know you're part of the big time at that point. You're you're playing with the big boys at that point. So you need to be able to have your skills finely tuned and go to listen to some other podcasts too that are actually already doing host reads. Some popular ones that I'm sure Alex has a a few that he would like to share as well. But you know Alex, kind of take it from there, and I can talk a little bit about after you share some of your thoughts a little bit about how to create like that demo reel, the process of developing that that skill, that host read skill, uh, yeah. and, and then also getting your audience conditioned to, yeah. to hearing ads in your program. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. I, I will tell you that I think it's, um, easier said than done. Like we've heard other people do it and we think, Oh, it's going to be easy to just go ahead and incorporate that into the show. Well, where are you going to put it? Are you going to put it at the top? Are you going to yeah. put it in after the hook of the show? Are you going to, you mm-hmm. know, so there's a lot to think about. It's almost like, and I'm, I might get in trouble for saying this on Spreaker because I disabled it on Spreaker. It's only at the bottom of my show that yeah. I have the monetization enabled because I found with Spreaker, with YouTube, with whatever – when I say YouTube, I mean uh, AdSense, which with, with ad, whatever advertising platform, if I have an ad run before the show – Mm-hmm. And you look at the analytics, it seems like the show just doesn't do as well, right? Now, yeah. sometimes I can't tell, depending on the platform, how far they listen to, but mm-hmm. I can on Google, and it's the same podcast that is out everywhere else. So that gives me a little insight, and sometimes my podcast will do better there. And what I notice is if you have skippable ads, that's good because they can get to it right away by clicking it. But if you have ads that are not skippable, you gotta you can mm-hmm. you know play around with all these things and look at the numbers and the spikes and the dips. It hurt for me. It hurts me when I listen to a new show and I, I got to listen to an ad that's completely irrelevant to the podcast sometimes, like totally yeah. irrelevant. Right, Rob has absolutely nothing. To, that's like we're doing a show about podcasting and the commercials from, I don't know, the NFL or something like something totally unrelated. I don't know. That's not a good example, but um, or, or like plumbing. All right. Maybe that right? podcasting or plumbing, you know, it'd be, it'd be a little bit jarring. You have to be careful because sometimes it can be jarring, like you said, and it'll turn people off because it's done that to me on a lot of shows. Yeah. I think if you built it into the beginning, it may be less jarring, but it, it's it's the timing. It's the nuance of it. There's so, there's the, it's the little things I think that matter more than who is, you know, how am I going to get these people? Everybody always worries too much, Rob, about how am I going to get them? You can get them. It's not that hard. I mean, you've, you're going to share some of those links later, just some affiliate yeah. uh, marketing programs you can sign up for and you'll find stuff that's good. Um, but you've got to actually implement it and use it in a way that people will listen to it and use it. Here's one of the problems I have with some of those. Uh, I'm all over the place, but some of those marketing programs, you can sign up and get a commission, but they have to offer me because I find it doesn't work. If they don't, they have to offer me something to give them, a promo code, 10% off, 5% off, free shipping, anything. Because Mm -hmm. if they don't give me that, it's like why else would they go through me and use my promo code or go to my website and click my link or my link in the show notes? Sometimes, and I'm sure listeners have done this, they'll hear about something 
and, you know, ABC company and you just kind of Google ABC company, don't go through the link that they told you to go through. <laughs> and if you make it harder for them, you're going to miss out on it. And some mm-hmm. of these cookies only last 20 days, 30 days, some are 90 days, but uh, you got to get a lot of traffic. And if you're getting five or 10%, you know, it's tricky. So I, I know that's a, a huge smattering and I kind of went all over the place, Rob, but I've been doing it a long time and I want to go to this real quick. That's why I say if you're just starting out, because some of those affiliate marketing programs are good. They're good. And, you, you know, I'll let you bring them up because I didn't even know about uh, share a sale. I didn't know about them. But that's why I like promo code, because if you're using a service like, let's say, I don't know if Amazon has it, but Google Express does companies like, you know, Grubhub and Eat24. These are just some of the apps that I use. They always give you a promo code, right? Like share it with your friends, share it with your family, and they'll mm-hmm. give you credits to stuff that you're already using. So, for example, Google Express is like Amazon, and anybody can sign up and get you know an account. I think you have to purchase something first, and they'll give you like $10 off. If not, you can go to alexxm.com slash Google, and you'll get $10 off your first purchase. You see how you use this stuff? Yeah. And then <laughs> – once you do that, you'll get $10 off your first purchase. Then you get, it'll give you the opportunity to sign up for the affiliate program, which I did. And anytime someone uses that, they get 10 bucks, and I get 10 bucks. And after a while, it adds up. And you can use that to purchase whatever. It's just like a big Amazon. Food, clothing, merchandise, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So those are easy ways to kind of do it and try out a show read. You know, just mention it and say, and if you use this promo code, you'll get $10 off or whatever. And you can play with it without having to get too deep in the weeds. And you know what I mean? And just kind of do it with 30 seconds. It doesn't have to be a complicated uh, read. You know, it doesn't have to be a big advertisement where you're writing down a script. A lot of these guys aren't going to give you a script. You're just going to have a promo code to use. So you're just going to have to say something quick. Hey, by the way, I've got an affiliate that I'm working with. If you want to save 10% off and you say it, leave them the promo code. Boom. It'll be in the show notes as well. And then you move on. That's well, I think that the key, I mean, Alex, I think the key to those is to give, you know, if you have personal experience with the product or services, is it share your experience with it and say that, the, right. you know, I honestly use it. And it's important probably for, especially with your first affiliate program, is to get get an affiliate um, link or something to a product that you use every day and that you you have a lot of trust in because uh, that's going to come across in how you do your read and it's going to be easier for you to start doing this if you're talking about something that you're really an expert in and that you really know up and down and you trust it and it comes across as authentic. And that's going to be kind of that skill that I'm talking about that you need to be able to apply even to a ad read that maybe you, you're not as passionate about because those are going to come up. There's going to be uh, products that you're going to have an opportunity to promote on your show that maybe you haven't tried before, or maybe you're not that knowledgeable about. So you're going to have to be able to still apply that same enthusiasm and energy to it to come across as that this is an authentic testimonial type of a read. I know that co- that sounds like it's it's um, it's maybe a little bit of a, a a fraudulent approach is to is to advertise something that you don't have a lot of experience with, um, but you know, for most advertisers, um, and especially on the radio side, that's been the world of advertising for a long time. I mean, a lot of um, the talent that reads promotions for an advertiser has never used the product before or service. I think it's better if you do, and many of these companies will send you out a sample of a product before you do a campaign. I mean, I know that like Casper beds which is a a large advertiser in the podcasting space will actually send out an entire bed 
to a show host before they start a campaign so they can actually sleep on a bed. They ultimately have to return it, but that's the kind of commitment that some some of these companies will go to once you get into these CPM campaigns um, that are larger dollars that they will actually make sure and they want their hosts to have personal experience with the product so they can give an accurate testimonial because it could make the difference between converting an audience or not converting an audience based on how effective that that host is in um, delivering that authentic message. You know, that's a brilliant way to sell even more beds because I'm sure the hosts don't want to give the bed back, so they got to pay for it anyway. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> and then they love it. It's a brilliant I'm, marketing plan. I, I, yeah, I I'm sure that happens. <laughs> and if you probably um, do a terrific ad read and you've sold – you know, hundreds of five or six hundred dollar beds. Uh, they'll just say, "Why don't you just keep it?" <laughs> it was worth the investment, right? So, um, yeah, no, that's. I mean, hey, yeah. I mean, it's a great marketing plan. You know, when we were at Podcast Movement, I don't think you weren't there. You were probably doing a, a presentation or at the booth, you know, uh, yeah. working the floor. But I, I went to uh, a how to make money seminar. Uh-huh. And they kept talking about just kind of approach advertisers, just approach advertisers, just approach advertisers. And they kept saying it, and I, you know, that's fine, right? I think everyone kind of gets that. But if you don't have a lot of listens, are they even going to be interested, right, Rob? Like, are they they're going to, because that's one of the things they're going to ask you how many plays or downloads do you yeah. getting? Um, so if you don't have a lot, eh, is it really going to, you know, help? Now, they did share some affiliates that I was unaware of. That are kind of high dollar affiliates where mm-hmm. you would get a, a pretty big chunk of people signed up and use the product. But they're very niche product. It was a very niche product. And, you know, once I really looked at it, you had to kind of qualify the people that were it was a job site. That's all I'll say. I don't really want to get into it. But some of those programs are better than others. And sometimes they're. You know, you could be doing a lot of promotion for something that might not have a lot of uh, payoff. But then you see something that's got a big dollar sign, right? And you go, oh, because this has happened to me. And I go, oh, I'm going to go for that. I'm going to promote their service. But it's very kind of limited. It's a very small group that, you know what I mean? Like you have, you would probably have to have 100,000 people and 1% of those people would qualify, (laughs) right? And so you got to do the numbers there it's it's you're not gonna it's not like you're selling you know i don't know watches or something and giving them a promo code if you're getting five or ten percent uh uh per commission which some of these affiliate things are yeah they do a lot of business rob you know so that's why i kind of like the promo code thing because you get a little more bang for your buck if i'm getting if google adsense uh, and i'm sorry google express is giving me ten dollars a pop every time someone uses my promo code that's pretty good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ten bucks, I can you know yeah. buy stuff even if it's podcasting equipment through Google Express. But if I'm getting five percent on a ten or eleven dollar sale, or you know what I mean, depending it's on what it is, be, uh, is, it's it not going to really, be very much money for you, probably. And not and not only that, they have payout thresholds. So yeah, it could be like fifty or hundred bucks before they'll actually send you a check, probably. Before they'll send you a check, and that's how it yeah. is for me on some of the ones I use. So it, it's a hundred for my Google yeah. account. So yeah. I could be at $95.99. They won't send you a check till you get that extra penny. And that could take you a long time to just even get to that threshold. Then you forget about it, right? Because you don't see any traffic from it. You don't see any sales. And then you stop promoting it. So it, it, it's, it's weird. I've done a lot of these affiliate marketing things. Um, there's a little, there's some pitfalls. 
Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are very successful at it. Don't get me wrong. And I've made some I've made some money. Not a lot. A couple like a couple thousand dollars maybe. And I've been yeah. doing this for a while. So it's not a lot. The big reason for doing this is I'm sure you can make a little bit of money for uh, at one point. But you, what you're doing is you're preparing yourself for CPM campaigns, uh, which r- require you to have a history of doing advertising in your program. If that's what your goal is, it's best to start preparing yourself for for getting there and getting going with this stuff. The other thing is that once you start doing this, um, then then you need to cut those recordings out of your program and create what's called like a demo reel, essentially, where you string these things together into a, you know, it's just an MP3 file that you can share with ad group that you can demonstrate your ability to do host reads. And what I would do is I would create a cut of the spot. Don't just cut out just you doing the spot itself. Cut cut 30 seconds before you do the ad and 30 seconds after the ad. So you make sure that you cover the transitions between um, starting the ad read uh, and then ending the ad read because the advertiser wants to hear the the wrapper around the ha- the ad read as well to to determine how you handle the transition from content to sponsor message and a good place to go to hear a great example of this I would go li- listen to any of the podcasts on the Twit Network at uh, twit tv and that's t w i t dot TV, and that's the the Leo Laporte network, um, and he's been doing audio podcasts. He also does a lot of a lot of video as well, but he has um, he does host reads that are some of the best that I've I've heard in the industry, and he's built a multi million dollar um, podcasting network based on how they do their ads. Actually, what they'll do at the beginning of their show is they'll just do a brand mention at the beginning of the show and just say that this show is brought to you by this company, and that's all they say. And then later in the show, in an early pre-roll, and they're scattered throughout the program, um, they'll do a mid-roll host read. So it'll be like a one- to two-minute natural read by Leo Laporte, who will actually read that sponsor message with a testimonial um, and and it's actually a great example of uh, how you should think about doing ad reads. Go there and do that. I, I'm also personally a big fan. I know Spreaker is doing pre-roll insertions and post-roll insertions right now, but I'm a big fan of early mid-roll ads. Um, so um, what that means is that, that that host read or that dynamic ad insertion would need to happen uh, like within like the first two minutes of the program or something like that. So the listener gets into the program with content, then they get transitioned into a host read that then transitions back into content again. That That's the more natural flow. And Alex, you'll probably agree with this just based on what you've said in the past that you, you're you not a big fan of the pre-roll because it's like putting up a stop sign to your audience. It's like, I have to get through this before I can get to what I actually click this button to listen to, right? I mean, is that... Does that make sense, yeah, Alex? Absolutely. And maybe not your faithful listeners, but especially new listeners. And that's what you're always trying to do is grow the show, right? Yeah. Um, and Rob, I'm so glad you mentioned uh, Leo Laporte because he is – I didn't even think about him. He is probably uh, one of the best, like you said. He's a master yeah. at it. So he's a fantastic example. I mentioned Ben Shapiro recently because I just listened to his podcast and he was doing it. But he is great. He's been doing it for years. Um, it's obvious, right? And he's skilled at it. And as you said that – 
you said the Twit Network. I said, you know, I haven't been there in a while. So I just went there and it says, hi, like right on the top of the page, sponsors. And you click there. This guy, Rob, must have, I'm looking at all these sponsors, 23andMe, Audible, uh, Blue Apron, uh, Gazelle, FreshBooks. I mean, it just goes on and on. And he's got links. Casper. So he, all he, of, he's doing Casper. I mean, he's all, had a Casper bed yeah. sent to him too. <laughs> <laughs> you see, they got him. Even Leo got, got a, a bed. No, but like ZipRecruiter, WordPress. I mean, every affiliate marketing, stamps.com, some big ones. And I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, he is probably the master affiliate marketer. So if anyone wants to look at an example of how to do it, I think Leo's a great example. Because he, I mean... You don't have to like go, oh, wait, what was the sponsor? I mean, you go there and it's like, you know, blueapron.com slash twit. You know, what was it? Audible, audible.com slash twit. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got it nailed. So it's a good example. I, I hadn't looked at this uh, network in a while. It looks like they redesigned it since I've been here, I think. And that's a great example. I mean, there's others in radio, Rob. I know a lot of uh, podcasters probably listen to radio. Um, they're familiar with it in radio. And there's a lot of people who do really great uh, show reads. I'm thinking about Michael Savage, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity. They all do them. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they find out, and I'm sure we, I've tweeted this out, and I know you know this, Rob, but they find that they get more bang from the buck when the host just does a natural show read other than, you know, cutting it with a commercial because then people tune out or switch the channel. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah, I you know, Leo Laporte, again, I, if people want to go and check out that Twit uh, sponsor section, a lot of these sponsors you might even be able to sign up with because you, you find out that a lot of these programs – I've done that. I've heard other people promote a program and I go, wait a second. Do they have an affiliate program? And I'll just go look at the bottom of the page and it will usually say affiliates, right? You click yeah. on it and try to sign up. Now, some might have a um, requirement such as how many listeners are you getting and this and that and the other. So some it might not be open if you don't have a certain amount. And usually – I don't know why, Rob. It's usually like around – 5,000, 10,000, they usually. Yeah, that's uh, the actually, that's that's the threshold for getting into CPM campaigns, which is where an advertiser will will, um, set a price, uh, like a price per thousand listeners. So it's usually somewhere between 15 and $25 per thousand listeners that you have listening to your program. And that's what, that's what they pay you for. Um, So it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily have a direct relationship with um, uh, what what the advertiser gets in response to that, or what their ROI is. That that's your payment is based on your audience size, and mm-hmm. and in some ways that that's a that, that's a fairer way of doing it because what they're doing is they're paying you for your audience, um, and and there can be brand advertisers that come into this, and brand folks are less concerned about. Um, using promo codes and things like that. They're more concerned about getting out a particular brand message that can turn into a customer at some point down the line. These are a lot of the radio spots that that you hear out there. And then there's the direct response advertisers, and those are the ones that um, typically are using podcasts today that usually have like a promo code that you have to use to get 10% off this product or something like that by going to this specific website address. Uh, so th- those are more of a direct response type of advertiser, and those tend to pay uh, based on the performance of the campaign. So those will be – those actually are, are, are uh, what are they call CPA deals, or cost per acquisition is what they call those. Um, but I also wanted to mention one other last thing that kind of rides along with this too before we move on to another topic here is um, start keeping track of 
of where you would want to have a ad dynamically inserted into your MP3 files of all your episodes. Start keeping track down to the second of where there would be a spot in your episode where you might want to inject a dynamically inserted advertisement. So if you have a early segment in your program or a transition that happens in your content uh, fairly early, probably in the first two to three minutes, and then uh, probably after maybe another 10 or 15 minutes into your program, kind of identify and just make a note like in a notepad or in a spreadsheet or something like that per episode of where a good transition point would be in every episode. And the reason that I'm asking you to do that is because in the future, you might want to have your archives uh, and all your episodes dynamically inserted with a host read ad. And you might want to trade that out on a regular basis. And these are the kind of capabilities that are coming to Spreaker very, very soon also is the ability to, to do that. So I'm trying to help people realize start um, just it's just a record-keeping thing at this point. You really don't have to do anything with your show. But just note that down because at some point in the future, what you can do is go into like Spreaker or any actually any ad ad-supported platform that supports dynamic ad insertion and then set uh, insertion points in all your episodes. And it'll be a lot easier once you've had that number written down uh, for each your episode just to go in and set those insertion points. It helps you kind of proof your show for the future as we move into the uh, more opportunities for podcasts to take advantage of dynamic ad insertion, which is coming fast. When's that rolling out? Do you know, Rob? Well, actually, it's all already part of the Blog Talk Radio platform. Uh, so what we're doing right now is the development team has been working on, as you all know, uh, pre-roll insertions are, are already there in downloads and yeah. plays off of the Spreaker site. And post-rolls are there. The, the last piece is the mid-roll insertions. And once that's in place then we're going to be able to dynamically insert you know, an audio um, mention of some sort, whether it's recorded by the host or um, pulled off of you know, like a regular radio-type spot, depending on what the podcaster wants in their content. We're going to be able to insert based on uh, locations that are tagged in the platform in your CMS tool um, per episode. So you can, you can identify insertion points and then you can run campaigns across all of your episodes. And soon I always wanted that. I always wanted that. I just got to say, so I'm glad that's happening. Cause even you have that feature to do that now where you can put a, your own ad, like, let's say you wanted to do this type of, uh, yeah, it's uh a pre-roll you could do that, but it, yeah. right. And it could be your own voice doing that and you could kind of like work it in the show. But if you could do it mid, midpoint that'd be great <laughs> yeah it would be thank you Spreaker. yeah yeah it's definitely radio. better and we're we're heading in that direction and and there's also going to be a a window view of the waveform that will be um, available per episode as well so you'll be able to actually visually see in the cms um, um, a timeline right essentially it's like a waveform timeline that you'll be able to just click a button to say Insertion point here at mm -hmm. five minutes and 32 seconds into the content. And then uh, you can set another insertion point at 15 minutes and 28 seconds. Um, so that's that's the plan. And then, then campaigns will be available to run against your show. And then it's just a matter of um, how the ad message gets created. Does it come off of an ad network or does it come from you recording 
a message and then having that be what's inserted. Um, so that's kind of how that's going to play out. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to um, talk about this topic on the show is because I think a lot of podcasters need to start thinking about this stuff um, and start getting prepared for it. Because I think a lot of podcasters have always wanted to have advertising in their program and have wanted to make money from their shows. And I think in the next couple of years, it's going to be easier than ever to actually do this. Um, so, you know, but you as a podcaster really need to focus on building your audience, building your, your engagement with your audience, and then, um, and then develop these skills and get your show prepped for these opportunities as they become available down, down the line, specifically if you're on Spreaker. But I, I also believe that these opportunities are coming to other hosting platforms as well, you know, Lipsons and Blueberries, whatever. Everybody's thinking about this stuff right now. And um, the opportunity is coming. Um, and for a lot of shows, it's already here. But but I think more shows are going to have this opportunity. Um, and that's that's why I think it's important. Alex, any kind of last thoughts on this? Uh, well, I'm just curious on how it's working for Blog Talk Radio. Do you know now? I mean, is it are they are they making money over there? The yeah, I mean, there is. Um, there is a lot of advertising that's going into shows on the Block Talk Radio platform, so they they have a pretty high fill rate across all of the the shows that are involved in in the whole dynamic insertion um, game. And the company and and Spreaker were pushing harder into the host read side as well. Um, most of what the advertising has been done on the Block Talk Radio side has been more radio like ads, uh, thirty and sixty right. second spots. Um, so I've heard them. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, we're hoping to make a stronger transition over to what's considered to be more of the, the main, um, uh, driver of, of podcast advertising, which is, um, host reads or, uh, live reads is another term to actually describe it. So, um, that's, that's where it's going here. And then, um, I was going to mention, I think a couple other things, I think we got it. I think we got it mostly covered. So if you have any questions about this, certainly uh, shoot me an email or post it in the comments threads in this this particular episode. If you have any questions or if you are looking for some some more specific suggestions, uh, we would love to talk about it more on the show. And I can do a little bit of research with the with the Block Talk Radio team and and maybe help with helping you find ads or companies that that you might want to cater to in your podcast. I think one last thing I wanted to mention too is you got to really think about keeping the ads relevant to your show. But what's interesting is that this past week, and I'll I'll try and find it, there was some research that came out from Nielsen, Alex, and I don't know if you saw this or not, where they were starting to do research on mapping um, different product categories to podcasts. Uh, it, it, as far as their relevance and and the audience sizes, what percentage of that audience is actually engaged in that particular product category? And when I say product category, we like bottled water. What's the correlation to podcast listeners to bottled water? What percentage of listeners to podcasts buy bottled water and is brand important to them? So th- this this research kind of came out, and you can kind of see a pattern in this research that shows that um, even running generic type advertising in podcasts across many genres 
you can still have a strong return on certain products that index fairly high for cert, for all podcast listeners. Uh, so it's it's kind of a little bit of a different twist from this whole niche focus and being very targeted. What they were saying is that is that some uh, products will 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 be effective across basically any podcast uh, or a certain percentage, a large percentage of podcasts will will be able to take advantage of um, more broad kind of brand advertising, I guess. And that's really where the big money is, is in the, the brand advertising side, uh, which is coming more into the podcasting area. And uh, when I say brand advertising, it's it's more like uh, Geico ads or more like uh, Home, Home Depot ads or those kind of things. Podcast listeners now are pretty reflective of, of the U.S. population or the, the society in general. The demographic makeup, the listener base for podcasts are starting to match up with just what's in the world. You know, it's like a 50-50 with women out there in the world. Podcast listeners are 50-50. It's not as segmented as it used to be in the past where it was a bunch of um, old men that were creating podcasts and listening to podcasts. Um, now it's women, it's minority groups, um, are, are getting involved in podcasting. It's, it's just a much bigger thing now. So, yeah, cause I know you're moving on. I just, so for listeners who do want to get into affiliate marketing, cause we said we were going to mention it. Um, and I know it's in your show notes, I'm sure, uh, cj.com, uh, mm. is one of the websites, right? Cause we were talking yep. about CGA affiliate and then yep. share sale or share a sale, excuse me, S-H-A-R-E-A-S-A-L-E dot com, share a sale. And those are two different affiliate programs. There's many, but those are just a few. Sorry, Rob. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. How to get that out of in there. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, let's let's talk about um, Spreaker just announced that uh, we've streamlined the the process for creating a custom app for your podcast. So that's, that's something that's in, in our blog if you wanted to go – Go check that out. Um, Blog.spreaker.com is a whole article talking about how we've streamlined the process for creating a mobile app for your show. It takes now 10 minutes to create a, a, a mobile app for your show for iOS and Android. Uh, where, where before it probably took closer to probably probably close to an hour probably because of all of the the images that had to be cropped and sized and stuff. So we've we've kind of streamlined that so it's a lot easier to get in there. Um, but you do need to have one good master piece of artwork that's basically um, that you would want to use in like a header area, kind of like the header area that you see like in Facebook or something like that, and then your square cover art that you would use specifically for your podcast. So there's really only two pieces of art that you need for the new version of the apps versus the old version. I think you had to upload like six or seven different sizes and and all this kind of stuff. So it was much more complicated. So we've we've streamlined it to just make it easier to get in and get it done, and move on to the next thing. And and ho- hopefully that'll that'll make it um, more palatable for for more people to to get in there and not be frustrated because there's so many different image sizes that they that had to be created, which I I think was pretty much a a pretty significant barrier to creating a custom app. I don't know, Alex, have you had experience with this? I haven't created an app yet. I mean, I know that the one we have for Speaker Live Show, I, you know, you did or the team, the Speaker team did, whomever. Yeah. I, I have played with the form, I guess, the wizard, I would say, uh, to mm-hmm. make it, but I haven't like gone through the, to actually purchasing it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? On Spreaker.com. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, I know I know the process. Uh, it makes it very easy because, you know, designing an app can be very costly, as everybody knows. Um, yeah. So there are app generators and things out there. And this is pro- – Spreaker, I mean, Spreaker did it right. I mean, it's very easy to use. It's not something that most Spreaker users I don't think are going to ever pay to have someone design an app for them. Uh, so this no. is a good service to have. Not a lot. I, I don't know if all of the podcasting services have this, right, Rob? I mean, they, they might have it for their general – you know, and all encompassing all of their shows, but they not necessarily for your own show. So it's kind of a good, cool thing to have. Well, yeah, uh, we currently don't have a way to make what is called kind of like a network app. So each of the the apps would be show specific. So it would be if you, I mean, I mean, a Spreaker host or a Spreaker user can have multiple shows in their account, but they can only create an app for one of those shows. Um, so we don't oh, yet okay. have a what's considered a like a network app uh, where you can have like th- two or three or four different shows in one app. Um, that isn't something that we've built yet, um, honestly, because we're we find that that most people just want to create one app, um, not have a network of of shows. Now, granted, as the as Spreaker kind of transitions to support um, more network type uh, of companies we we may actually at some point support the ability to have multiple shows in one app uh, so that that could be coming in the future but but really the big thing is is just making it as streamlined as possible um, and and we do give you the option to get the get the code from us and upload it yourself and push it out and have control over that account with Google and Apple uh, in publishing your, your app um, or we'll do it for you. So it just depends. Uh, I believe um, one of the platforms and I'm, I'm, I'm confused right now, wh- whether it's iOS or Android kind of, kind of requires the, the user to actually, or the owner of the app to publish it to the platform, I believe. And I'm just confused. I, I think it's Android. I, I, I believe is requiring the the owner to publish it, not Spreaker to publish it for you. So um, I'll clarify that and make sure I mention that in the next next show. But um, that's what's going on. If you want to read more about it, go to our blog, blog.spreaker.com, and you can read about it. Well, Alex, we did get a uh, comment, uh, an audio comment from Kyle Kyle Wilcox, which I I believe he's he's. Done's um, done some comments yeah. to us in the past. He has, uh, yeah. So I, I wanted to play that for everybody, and we'll just talk about it. He talks about uh, using Voxer as a way to send audio comments to us. So I'm going to play that now. Hey, Rob. I uh, this is uh, Kyle Wilcox again. I just uh, finished listening to the uh, most recent uh, Spreaker uh, live show with uh, the Pod Bader, and I uh, I like really like what he said about the uh, three E's with the. Um, uh, educate, entertain, uh, educate, entertain, and uh, what was the last one? I'm, it's it's slipping my mind. Engage, I think, uh, where the was the third one. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, I, I think it was a good show, and I just uh, I like how it's super easy on this uh, boxer thing to just push a button and give you the feedback, which is kind of um, something you guys mentioned at the end of the show. That is that uh, a great way to engage the audience and just give them a quick option to reply. Um, I think there's somewhere in this op- in this uh, boxer thing where you can uh, hopefully you can download this as an MP3 or get this file and 
be able to play it back. So, um, yeah, just uh, my feedback. I love the my feedback is that I love giving feedback via audio. So, thanks, <laughs> Kyle. That's um, awesome. Thanks for the audio feedback uh, using Voxer, and it was very easy for me to export your your audio file out and drop it into the speaker software and play it back like this. I I think it's a great tool. It basically does all of the audio encoding and everything like that for you. All you have to do is voice it in. Voxer is a, a subscription platform. Uh, you, you do have to pay for it. So it is, um, but it appears to be a good <clears throat> tool for us to be able to get get feedback from, from listeners. Um, Alex, I know you heard the uh, the audio segment, and um, and I appreciate Kyle for, uh, for jumping in there and doing it. We'd love to get more of these. Yeah, send in the comments. We love the audio comments. I know I keep pandering for these, but I'm going to keep saying it until we get more. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kyle. I, I think we're going to wrap it up. It's uh, it's at the top of the hour, and you're going to turn into a pumpkin here soon unless we go, right? Yeah. It's almost Halloween. Too, yeah. So. <laughs> and, it, and it's 100 degrees. I'd like to turn my AC back on as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. But All right. All right well, Rob. thank you for, for joining us on the Speaker Live Show this week again. Um Come back and check us out next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpeakerLiveShow.com. It's always great to have you with us. And we definitely want to hear from you. If you want to send me an email, you can send it to Rob at Spreaker.com or just put a comment into the uh, thread of the uh, page on SpreakerLiveShow.com. So that's a great place to do it. And if you want to send Alex an email, I'm sure he'd be happy to get it from you. Yeah, I'm Alex at AlexXM.com. So uh, yeah, shoot it over to me or I'm on Twitter at AlexXM as well. Great. Well, thank you, Alex, and thank you for listening to the Speaker Live show this week. <laughs>